This is Audience Meets Artist from Augustana Arts, where we bring you behind-the-scenes stories from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed artists. This is Lynn Nestingen, Executive Director of Augustana Arts, and I am so pleased to sit down this afternoon for a wonderful conversation with pianist and artist Stephanie Chang, our guest soloist with the Stratus Chamber Orchestra for our upcoming concert, Synergy of Stratus for the Love of Friends on Saturday, February 26th. Welcome, Stephanie. We're so glad to have you here this afternoon. Why don't we just begin and ask for you to share a little bit about your early introduction to music and how you became the pianist that you are today. Thank you, Lynn. It's a pleasure to be here. I was born and raised in Taiwan, where music education was highly regarded. The saying was, kids who play music will never go bad, which was later on replaced by kids who learn computing. (laughs) My parents gave us, all three kids, the opportunities to learn music. As the youngest child, I tagged along with my brothers to their lessons, so there was no need for a babysitter. I learned a lot um, in their lessons until I was five when I started my own lessons. According to my mother, I asked for lessons, but I would always question her. I say, you know, are you sure you didn't force me to take lessons? And you were willing to just jump in and practice on your own. You must have had an innate sense of wanting to play and perform. I think about that a lot. And as a child, I think you gravitate towards some, whatever you are good at. So to me, if I had been given a tennis racket and I was good at it, maybe also, you know, that's where I would go. At that time, I enjoyed the process of practicing. I would practice until I got better. And that was my personality. And the more I did it, the better I got. And the better I got, the more I enjoyed doing it. I think that was what led to this journey. I started competing when I was seven years old. And I would do competitions every year. I think all the way until maybe I was 29 or 30. I don't think there was one year that I skipped. Wow, that's a lot of pressure for a young person to be in all those competitions. How did you deal with all the stress of preparing and going out there in front of a judge? I think, you know, as a as a child, you just wanted to repeat what you've been doing at home in front of the judges. And you just kind of taking stride and have fun with it. And that process did get harder and harder because it felt more and more was at stake when I became older. And I think we start to hear more about that from athletes, from Simone Biles or Naomi Osaka about the pressure. And as a kid was more, I'm not sure it was the the pressure came from myself that I just wanted to do the best the way I had prepared. Yeah. Were there any rituals that you did before you went either on stage, like breathing or, you know, some people have certain steps that they go through to calm their nerves. Did you have any rituals that you would go through? Not at the time. Um, I did have a like lucky dresses and lucky handkerchiefs that I would carry with me. That for sure, yes. And I think I was not consistent enough at winning that I didn't quite have a a lucky ritual down yet. (laughs) 
So tell us a little bit about the people in your life who influenced you the most over the years to continue with piano and and in music as a career. So, of course, um, my teachers, but I actually did not have too many teachers in my life. They were influential in different ways as I went through different stages of life. For example, my first teacher, when I first started off, she was very good with giving me strong technical foundations. Einstein, who I studied with at Peabody Conservatory, really helped me cement my musical personalities. But there's one person who was pivotal to my career, um, and, and I never saw him again, who is Hong Kwan. Chen, he's now on the faculty at Juilliard. I played in a master class for him when I was about 14, I think, which was when I decided I wanted to come to the United States to study. I never spoke to him again, actually. And, and now thinking maybe it's time for me to reach out to him. But I, I would say that was the moment that I decided I wanted to study abroad. And I changed, I worked hard toward that, and the rest is history. So what was, was he encouraging during that master class? Or what was it about transition point of becoming aware that, yeah, this is something I want to pursue? Do you remember that moment? At the time, I don't think I knew where he was studying, he, where he was teaching. I just thought his teaching was just so impressive and changed the way I play right away. And it was an opportunity that I never had. And at the moment, I felt like I have to go <laughs> to the States to get that other opportunities that I didn't have. I think just, you know, for a young child of 13 or 14, that's how simple I felt. So is that how old you were when you came over? I was 15 when I went to Interlochen Arts Academy for high school, and it was a boarding school. I was there for two years before moving on to Peabody for my undergraduate studies. And how were your parents feeling about, you know, sending away their daughter abroad to study? They were very, very supportive, but I, I'm sure they were also very anxious about it. But my parents are such strong people with strong minds that I don't think they would share with us with all their worries. I think the biggest worry is to have the young daughter to live in an unfamiliar environment where they can't be there to protect her. But my parents were not the kind of parents that would share with their worries. So I think I was very fortunate to have that support. And of course, support, I, I remember we would have a time set Saturday night for me to call home. And back in the day, you know, when you have to punch in 800 number to get to a calling card, put your calling card numbers in and to talk to them and you looking at your clock, you know, you're making sure it's 10 minutes, okay, time's up, bye. And not like now, you are online and with free FaceTime and all that stuff. So I remember that was very tough, but it's sculpted me to be the person I am today. I feel not to shy away from challenges. I often feel like if I did that when I was 15, I can do anything now. Yeah. So you came 
over here to study and built your career. What was the one thing you wished you had known when you began your career that you know now? I wish I had been told how hard it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure I wouldn't have listened anyway, really. Or maybe, you know, choose a different instrument that can be carried along. <laughs> <laughs> it's so difficult to find a piano to practice while you're on the road and uh, so difficult not to be able to warm up in the backstage right before the concert. I, I Every time I play a concert with another, another instrumentalist, a cellist, for example, and they will be warming up on their cello and I can only just watch. <laughs> so. Yes, that is a pretty big challenge, I, I assume. So are there other big challenges that you had to overcome when you came over to study music and uh, pursue the career? For sure, language. I didn't speak English at all. I remember my uncle, my aunt, who are in Chicago. So they were the ones to pick me up from the airport. I had never flown overseas by myself. And that was the first time I flew here. They sent me a map of the airport and I landed and then show somebody and pointed the map and say, where is this? I'm pointing where my uncle was supposed to meet me. And the person said, here, right where we were standing. And I thought, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> so for sure, learning the language. And I was also going to school there. Studying social science was very difficult. I remember studying due process, and that was very difficult. But oh, good, you know, all something that has changed me to be who I am. Now, did your siblings come over as well, study, or did they pursue music? They did not come come to the States until after they graduated from college because there is the um, mandatory military service for all men in Taiwan. Yeah, so what has been the greatest joy for you as a musician now that you've built a, a solid career as associate professor at DU and as a concert pianist and a soloist? To know that I may have brought a heartfelt moment to my audience and I enjoy meeting all sorts of people after the concert when they come to talk to me and to be able to share all those sweating moments of practice and, and, and to share that final product, which is great, which is really uh, just a joy to be on stage for that. Something I wondered about when you see a soloist, like where's your mind at when you're at the piano and you're having to count and follow the conductor and all of that, but you also have to feel and express yourself through the music. On a good day, Hopefully your mind is just where you've been practicing. Like, you know, when I was doing co competitions as a, as a child, you just try to spit out everything that you have come to know the music. But some days when you're more nervous than, uh, than other times, you mind may try to wander and your mind has a life of its own, then you try to kind of bring it back. And so those are the practices as well that I have to add to my practice routine is to learn how to talk to my mind when I have those blank moments and try to bring your focus, your 
your concentration back to the music. Do you have a strategy for memorizing what you perform? A big chunk of the music you memorize by repeating it so many times. Muscle memory is so important. But as one ages, as I grow older and have less and less time to practice due to teaching and other things, yes, I think strategies become more important. You do want to think about the structure. I happen to be a very visual learner. So I, when I'm playing, I continue to scan through my music. Yeah, there are some strategies, some things you look for patterns, some, especially when music is atonal, you have to start, you know, memorizing even this, this pattern three times, followed by that pattern four times, and use numbers and any type of things that that's helpful. What is one common myth about your profession as a solo pianist or the field that you would like to debunk? I think there's one question that musicians often are asked is, what's your day job? I guess because we are seen on the job in concerts at night. So people don't realize that spend our day practicing what we do. You know, they're just so many, many, many hours that you put in and to present such a short amount of time. Do you have a certain time of the day you prefer to practice? Like, do you get up early or are you uh, just curious what your schedule is like to get it in? Right. For me, I am not an early person at all. Some days I do sit down to warm up with, with my coffee in the morning before I head out to the university to teach. Um, but I usually do all my practice probably after five uh, after dinner. That may be because that was my practice schedule growing up. I used to practice after I get home from school before dinner time, and then I will practice after dinner. That has kind of stuck. And some days I will practice until quite, quite, quite late, until last minute, until I'm just dead tired and turn off the light and and go upstairs and go to bed. In teaching, what advice do you or have you given your students about pursuing a career or anyone in general who might be interested in a musical career? What kind of advice do you have for them? Pursue a career in music if you can't breathe without it. (laughs) I want everyone in the world to play music and to listen to music, to enjoy music. But pursuing a career in music, it may be a bit different than enjoying loving music. What Um, makes it different? It's the day in and day out discipline. Um, I, especially since I moved to Denver, and the sunny days are just, just so beautiful. You know, you want to be out there, maybe go for a hike um, rather than staying in the practice. So that's a decision one has to make, kind of have to choose practice. <laughs> but at the same time, I would also piggyback with that if you decide not to do music as a career, please do not stop making music. Yeah, I would agree. So we have the privilege of hearing 
you perform Clara Schumann's concerto in A minor with the Stratus Chamber Orchestra. What do you most look forward to in performing that piece? And what should our audience be listening for when they hear it? The concerto was composed when Clara was nearly 14 years old. And so it's a young piece, but this was before, this was when she was still composing. And I think what we want to hear or look for is how virtuosic it is for a pianist uh, and to imagine a 14-year-old pianist uh, playing that and just the natural beauty in in that uh, composition. Is that what you enjoy most about performing it or look forward to when you play her music? I think so. I think so. There are some passages that repeats, but in just slightly different forms each time. And for me, it's just so fun to do it even differently each time when I practice and kind of try out different execution, if you may. And so, yeah, to me, that's really a lot of fun. Very good. Well, we look forward to hearing it for sure. Stephanie, if you could step into my shoes, what would you have maybe asked yourself that I didn't get a chance to ask? I would like to share with the listeners that um, about my very special three years spent in Kuwait, teaching at the American University of Kuwait. It was between my time in New York and before moving to Denver in 2012 to 15. Um, Many students I had were very talented, but had no formal music education, especially certainly not in Western music. Some of them never even saw a piano before. So it was a learning experience for me, especially during this world that in this complicated world that we live in. I had a notebook called can't make this up, even if I tried. <laughs> Noting all the anecdotes, uh, things that I came across. And um, it was just wonderful experience that I wouldn't trade with anyone. Took every opportunity, every weekend, long weekend or summer break and um, winter break to travel. And I've been to more than 60 countries in the world. So that's like my other passion. And my other passion is um, scuba diving. So I had traveled extensively to different parts of the world to, um, to dive. So for sure, that opportunity cannot be traded. I would agree. I'm a diver as well. Do you have a favorite dive spot that you just would go back to for sure if you could? Oh my goodness. The Maldives and the Red Sea. I remember one dive I saw um, hammerhead sharks and a whale shark on the same dive. And we were all dancing underwater. It was just amazing. You perform quite a bit, I think, musically. Do you have other upcoming performances that uh, we should make sure our listeners are aware of? Um, Right now, I am also working toward a solo uh, CD album of all Ravel music. And um, 
the recording is scheduled to happen in April. So stay tuned. I do have a website, first name and last name with a hyphen in between, stephanie-chang.com. And on the website, it has my concert schedule. And I'm sure I will be announcing when the CD is ready. And I'm also on Facebook and on Instagram, which can be linked to from my, my website. And one other question that I forgot to ask is you're considered a Steinway artist. What does that mean? Steinway is very generous to offer the supply Steinway concert grant when I'm on the road. For example, if I'm performing somewhere that doesn't have a decent piano, I can contact them and they would um, supply one. And they've been very helpful um, when I'm traveling and I need a place to practice and if they have a dealership or a showroom of some kind, I get to just practice there. Very impressive. Well, it uh, was a pleasure to talk with you and get to know your music. And I do look forward to hearing you perform, Stephanie, on February concert, Synergy of Stratus for the Love of Friends. Thank you for being with us this afternoon and I appreciate the time and getting to know you. Thank you for having me.